And joining me right now here on the phone line, as he does every Thursday, he's got his great job with the Florida Today newspaper. He's Mr. Three, Two, One. Yeah, he's Tim Walters. Cue his music. There's no I in team, but there is in Tim. How's bowling going on Monday, then? (laughs) Not very good. I talk about it on my podcast. On my podcast. Podcast. I love it when a plan comes together. Tim Walters, how you doing today, buddy? Hey, Mark. Have no fear. I am here. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> do you do that intro in front of your family as well? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just kick open the door to my mom's house and say, have no fear. Tim is here. Uh, that's great. Um, go get the groceries for me, you jerk. <laughs> um, let's start with some high school sports. Is there a big tournament going on right now? What's up, man? Yeah, this is really cool. They've got the North and the South area, and they're doing a Cape Coast Conference basketball tournament. And so uh, they've whittled down both the girls and the boys tournaments to four teams. So we're essentially at the semifinals. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've got uh, some good games coming up with the girls. You're going to have uh, Palm Bay is going to be playing O'Galley. And then uh, Edgewood is going to be playing Coco, if, I, if I'm looking at this correctly, on the girls' side. And then uh, when it comes to the boys, let's see, I'm looking at the bracket right here. Brian McCallum and Cassidy Banks are two great prep reporters have been doing a great job covering this. So you can check out all of the reporting at floridatoday.com. But uh, in the boys, you'll have uh, Rockledge is going to be playing astronaut for the uh, north bracket final. And then Satellite will play Palm Bay in the south bracket final. And then they will meet up in one championship. So uh, we've got four great basketball games between the boys and the girls coming up here in the next couple of days. And so for the uh, schedule, the time, uh, all of that good stuff, go to floridatoday.com because we're taking care of the big Cape Coast Conference basketball tournament the first time this has been done, hopefully not the last. Yeah, that's really cool. We're here with Tim Walters with the Florida Today newspaper. Yeah, and look, we're we're here in January. Then you get into this grinder mode of just basketball nonstop, and then you'll have uh... – Postseason play, right? Coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how quickly the basketball and soccer playoffs yeah. are coming. And I do want to give a shout-out to soccer, too. So last night, Mark, I'm out at Vera Regional Park where my daughter has practice. And I look over at the field next to theirs, and I'm like, those look like two high school teams that are playing. So I walked over. You know, there were a lot of fans and people there. And I was like, well, what's going on here? Turns out that it was like our two best soccer teams in the county. Edgewood was playing Vieira on one of the regional park fields because for some reason, which we're trying to figure out, they weren't able to play at Vieira High School last night. And the game came down to a 1-1 tie, went into penalty kicks. And Edgewood, which is a nationally ranked team, the girls team, uh, nipped Vieira, barely beat them. So a uh, heck of a soccer game right there in front of the kids. And my daughter, who is a goalie practice, uh, you know, they were there practicing with their goalie coach. And at one point there was a corner kick and the coach had them all turn around to watch it. And this girl kicked this beautiful ball that bent toward the goal, and the goalie made a beautiful swat-away block of it. And all the kids went crazy for it because, of course, they're there to learn to be that good at goalie. So it was really neat to see out there, but uh, unexpected in the freezing, freezing cold, I can tell you. But congrats to Edgewood on a big win. Look at you. You're like Clark Kent Superman. 
Always on the job, getting the news report ready to go. You're fantastic, Tim. You know that? Hey, that's what makes me a reporter. I'm nosy. I like it. I do. We're here with Tim Walters, Mr. 321, with the Florida Today newspaper here on a Thursday. I'm trying to think, will we also have National Signing Day in February for for high school athletes, or is that still a thing? I'm completely confused with early signing day. Well, yeah, the one in February is still there, and really more that's uh, nowadays more for your spring sports, I would say, your baseball, softball, track, things like that, because 90% of your football players that were going to commit did so in December. Now, a few might still, but, uh, you know, because the transfer portal and kids backing out and decommitting and recommitting. But so, yeah, it will still happen next month, but certainly it's not on the grand scale it used to be because December has stolen its thunder. This will be you next Thursday. You're like, yeah, so Mark, I'm pumping gas in Vieira, right? And I had to go get us a, a candy bar. All of a sudden, Vieira's playing Bombay in basketball. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, they, they slam dunked something right through the big bite uh, hot dog condiment stand and some uh, nacho cheese went splattering. The center got burned. It was crazy. So I'm driving on 95, right? And I take a wrong turn at Albuquerque and all of a sudden, <laughs> Coco's playing Rockledge in football. What's going on here? <laughs> Went into Bucky's and Space Coast was having a wrestling match against Bonavidra Beach. It was insane. It's so funny. All right, let's talk NFL playoffs. Let's do this. Were you in shock that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat Philadelphia? Or you're like, all right, I saw that coming. No, I mean, obviously, last week on your show, I made my six picks. I went four and two, and that was one of the games I got wrong. I thought that the Eagles would finally right the ship and beat the Buccaneers, but right now, the Bucks look like one of the two or three best teams in the playoffs, which is insane. So I love this matchup with Detroit. The way things are going, this game could end 50 to 40. I mean, although the Bucks' defense has looked really good, uh, I think I had told you this stat last week, but all season long, the Bucks' defense, has only allowed more than 30 points one time. And, of course, they didn't let the Eagles do it. So Detroit may actually have a hard time scoring on this defense. And if Baker can Rashad White and Godwin and Evans, that offense looks really good right now. There's a good chance they could be pulling off this upset and playing again against San Francisco or Green Bay. If I would have told you at Thanksgiving, by the way, the only team still alive in the NFL playoffs – in the state of Florida, be Tampa Bay. What would you tell me? Well, I talked about this on my podcast, Mark. After that Thanksgiving weekend, the Dolphins and the Jaguars were both eight and three. The Buccaneers were four and seven. And now, of course, the Jaguars blew it, didn't even make the playoffs. The Dolphins went out without a whimper in freezing cold last week. And here are the Bucks running up numbers like a video game. So if you would have asked me then on December 1, I would have I said, oh, come on, Mark. I know the South stinks, but the Bucks are trailing. They're 4-7. and seven. No way. We're going to see Kyle Trask by the end of the season. But nope. Baker Mayfield, like the Phoenix, rose up and carried this team into the playoffs. And then just a beautiful showing the other night. So, Mark, I think it's a great story. Go Bucks. Does Baker Mayfield deserve the long-term contract then? Yeah, you know, I was talking to uh, a couple of different Buccaneers people about this. And, you know, obviously he's not going to get the 50, 52 million that you see Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts get. But you could see something like a four year or a five year at 40 million a year type of thing come up. 
Now, the Buccaneers may tell him to test free agency and see if they're going to one-up it. Uh, I've heard some different teams certainly have interest in him, like the Falcons, among other teams. So, uh, And then the Falcons also may have a little interest in trying to get Kirk Cousins out of Minnesota. Uh, you know, that Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke thing they had going on was just miserable there. So they're going to look to upgrade. So the Buccaneers, they're going to have to take a good hard look. I mean, they brought him in on a one-year, $4 million contract. They picked him off the quarterback boneyard. They expected him to be a bridge to whatever was going to happen or get drafted next year. And all of a sudden, they're like, wait a minute. Number one pick's playing like a number one pick. This is the next Geno Smith story here. This is, you know, that this is something real. And Baker's looked tough and great. And he was one of the few quarterbacks that started all 17 regular season games. So, I mean, if I'm the Bucks, why not? If you could get him on a three-year deal, but I don't think he's going to go that short, Mark. So you're going to have to go four or five years at about $40 million a year. He's going to get it, if not from the Bucks. Someone will give that to Baker because of what he did this year. It's a wild conversation to have. Again, what you brought up, they were four and seven, and then all of a sudden they got hot. They really did. Um, do you feel like Philadelphia is just a complete disaster after they started 10 and one? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened there. Their defense completely fell apart. If Nick Sirianni keeps his job, he's going to clear house on the defensive side, just like Doug Peterson did with the Jaguars. I mean, both teams lost five out of six down the stretch. Both teams, the Jaguars and the Eagles, had great defenses early on and just were dumpster fires late in the season. Uh, so I, they're going to have to make some sort of switch. Heck, maybe they get rid of Sirianni and uh, bring in Bill Belichick. Who knows? Well, you think about it. They have fired coaches in past who've won Super Bowls, like you're saying. Doug Peterson, he won, then they got rid of him. Anything is possible with that team, and that was just pathetic. But if you're, like you said, if you're a Buccaneers fan, you got to be ecstatic after getting that win. So, right now, I know the Lions are favored, Mr. 3 2 1, Tim Walters. Who do you got? Who's your pick? Is it the Bucs or Lions winning this Sunday there at Ford Field? I think the Buccaneers are going to pull off the upset, Mark. Did you see the story where the Tampa reporter asked Todd Bowles about the weather conditions because she thought the game was outside this Sunday? <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah, Ford Field's a beautiful facility, but yeah, it's not going to be snowing inside. They'll be all right. Here's my thoughts from yesterday, and I want your take as a valuable uh, journalist here in the community. I think we should ask more dumb questions at press conferences so then all of our videos go viral because that video – has like five or six million views on Twitter. We should ask more dumb questions. What are your thoughts? Oh, I think that's fantastic. I mean, we could brainstorm this here on the air if you want to come up with some real stupidity. Yeah, like, all right, we go to the Orlando Magic post game with Jamal Mosley, and then we bring up stats from a game Shaq did in 1994. How about that as questions? <laughs> Or you could ask if he, uh, you know, we could go to a Magic game and, and ask, hey, did you know your field goal percentage was this? I didn't know they kicked that many <laughs> balls in basketball. Or, or yes, so you play the Clippers on Saturday. You know it's going to be 30 degrees outside, right? Like, just just ask that. Go for it. I like it. <laughs> Again, a normal press conference, most of the time, no one cares. Two days later, no one remembers. But people remember that question, and I can't stop thinking about that, Tim. I can't. Well, you know, it, it reminds me of this editor. You know, Mark, uh, years ago, there was this person in our newsroom, and they wanted them to get more exposure as management. Yeah. And so they took them from one department and put them overseeing part of the sports department. 
but they did not have any sports knowledge. Yeah. So, for instance, when the Kentucky Derby came up, and uh, I will tell people this, Kentucky Derby is only for is it two-year-old or three-year-old horses. I know it's a set age. Yes, it is. horse has to be a certain age. Yes. So they can only race in it once. She asked for a list of repeat winners of the Kentucky Derby. Uh, there was a time where referred to Albert Pujols as Albert Pudgels. Let's see. Oh, how about the uh, the Spanish hockey team, the Buffalo Sabres? So I, mean, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you you got to know sports if you're going to ask sports questions. Or you just ask Google what it is if you're not sure. <laughs> just do that. Okay. Do you think you could show up and do political right now if I asked you to? You think you could do it? Oh, I could, but I would analyze politics the way all these people analyze uh, the NCAA basketball tournament. You know, like Jay Billis, where he's just like, oh, yeah, Akron, strong guard play. They've got seniors, you know, good on the rim, crashing the glass. I could do that with politics. It'd be like, you know, the Republicans, they they want smaller government. They want more accountability. The Democrats, they want to give things away, entitlements. I would be great at it, Mark. I could BS my way through anything and become the next great political prognosticator. Tim Walters of the floor today. Do you think this is the tough one? If they said, we're sending you to England, you and Mark have to go cover the English Premier League. Do you think we could do it now? Oh, I guarantee it, because we're going into Manchester United. We know that they have the largest uh, amount of salary payroll in the in the English European League. And, you know, they're going to go there and they're going to play Chelsea. And the Chelsea supporters are going to be loud and strong. But, you know, Man U's just got too much offense. Their goalie is strong. And, of course, they've got an amazing midfielder. All right. I tried doing this with people, including my dad. I think I'm getting it now. I, I think I am. So the big ones you can win is the Premier League Championship. Then there's the Champions League. Then I think there's the FA Cup. And then I think there's something where you could – and the European Cup. That's the other one. And there's the treble. Is that what it's called? Where you can win three of them, right? So FA Cup, Champions League, and the Premier League Championship. That's the big three. See, I can do it as well. Let's go. That's right. Yeah, and then we, next we'll tackle cricket because you got to get up there with your paddle. You got to take the ball off the bounce. You got to have a big kitchen because people got to know what kind of kitchen you have. So let's go cover some cricket, Mark. Do you think we could teach NFL football to people in Europe and they could pick it up easily? Uh, I think they'd call me a wanker and tell me to take my sport and go home. <laughs> You're like, all right, here's what you get. You get the ball. You got to go 10 yards. You got 10 yards. You got three plays. If you don't make it in three plays, you have the option on fourth down to punt it to the other team, or you could go for it, right? If you score it six points, then you can go for an extra point, or you can go for two points. Four quarters, 15 minute. Does that make sense, what I just said? Yeah. Yeah, don't forget you can kick it for three points. Or if you get it into the end zone, that's six. That's right. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you can just keep coming back with the same team and coaching staff and keep losing again in the playoffs, right? Is that in the rules? Yeah, it would be easy to be a Dallas Cowboys expert as well. It really would. (laughs) All right. The other game. The 49ers are at home. They're the one seed. They're taking on those Green Bay Packers that embarrass the Cowboys. What do you think of this game? I love this game. Uh, Jordan Love, who who saw that 
the Packers are going to hit the bullseye on Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers and then Jordan Love, but it seems like they've done it again. Uh, I ultimately think that they will succumb to the 49ers. That team is just so good. It's so loaded. I think Brock Purdy is actually under, uh, he's underestimated because so many people want to say, oh, it's the system, it's this, it's that. No, that guy's had a great year. But he's also got Christian McCaffrey, who is amazing. He's got great receivers. I mean, they've got a really solid defense. They mauled a lot of the top teams in the NFL this year, including the Buccaneers, including the Jaguars. Uh, you know, they had that slugfest with the Ravens. They beat the Dolphins. I mean, they've just been so good. So uh, I, I think ultimately the 49ers just have too much. But I do like the Packers. I do like where they're going. And I think that they need to certainly improve the defense just a little bit for next year if that's one thing that they need to improve on and maybe get one more receiver in there. But aside from that, I, I like what they're doing. I like Christian Watson, you know, uh, Aaron um Oh, the Aaron running Jones. back whose last name just jumped out of my Jones. Well, I was just going to say, don't worry, don't worry, dude. I have 5,000 names in my head as well. Don't worry. Keep going. Go for <laughs> it. No, that's all right. I, I think I've run out of things to say where I, I just believe that the 49ers, they've been the class of the NFC this year, and I think they're going to keep on rolling. All right. So in the NFC, Tim Walters of the Florida Today, you got Niners and Buccaneers. Before we get to the AFC, do you like that there's a scenario where the Buccaneers could host the NFC Championship game, though? Oh, I think that would be fantastic. You almost want to root for Green Bay because that's uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a re- another really entertaining game, Green Bay and Tampa, the Battle of the Bays. That's right. Let's go to the AFC. Baltimore, the one seed. They've been great all season. They're hosting the Texans. I know this pains you as a guy that covers the Jaguars. What do you think of this matchup? <laughs> I love the Texans, and I'm going to pick them in the upset. Look, the Ravens, I know they've been really good. And, look, they've, they've taken it a step further. They just went and picked up Dalvin Cook. You know, it's kind of hard to fit a piece into the offense on a couple of days' notice. But, hey, why not? It's Dalvin frickin' Cook. But uh, the way the Texans are playing, they are just – you saw what they did last week. I mean, they just absolutely manhandled Cleveland and a defense that has not been manhandled this season. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Ravens, they've been a little bit flat. Uh, toward the end of the season in some games. Uh, you know, you could look at that score against the Jaguars and whatever it was, 23 to, you know, 9 or 7 or whatever it was. I, you know, it's all a blur to me at this point. But the Jaguars really shot themselves in the foot. There was one Trevor Lawrence fumble where he was just running and dropped the ball. Oopsie. And then there were a couple of bad interceptions. Lamar Jackson, you know, he kind of closed his eyes and threw the ball to one of his giant tight ends at one point who caught it over two guys. You can't always think that those plays are going to work. I love the precision of Houston. I think C.J. Stroud is amazing. That's just a fun team to watch. They score a whole lot. I think they can outscore the Ravens, and I think they're going to pull off that upset there. You go with the upset against the one seed. Then let's go to the other game, the game Tony Romo can't wait for, Sunday night. Chiefs and Bills Part 3. Who's your pick? Yeah, I think Buffalo is finally going to get it, Mark. I do. You know, it's at home. Uh, I just, I like how well that Buffalo's playing. Kansas City, look, they look pretty good against the Dolphins, but not great. Uh, they haven't been overwhelming, of course, this season. So I think Buffalo, I think the Bills are, are going to be back in an AFC championship. I think it's finally Josh Allen's turn to get one on, on Patrick Mahomes. Are you sure, though? Like, would you put money on it? No, it's hard to, you know what, going against Mahomes is like going against Brady. You know, I probably shouldn't. I should know that Kansas City is just going to go in and win because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the one who's got the lucky shamrock in his pocket right now. 
and will for another 10 years. But I'm, I'm going to go with the home. I can't take three away teams, Mark. That, that's just crazy. So your official picks are Buffalo and Houston. So the AFC Championship game will be in Buffalo. And then in the NFC, you have San Francisco hosting Tampa Bay. Is this correct? It is, but I will put one caveat on that Baltimore-Houston game that if the referees are told in their ears by the NFL, we don't want Houston in the AFC Championship, then you're going to see a lot of bad flags, and Baltimore will pull that out. But I'm going to stick with Houston. What podcast you got uh, out right now? Yeah, this week we got a good one. Uh, David Whitley, who is the columnist for the Gainesville Sun, and who's also got a great wit and humor, he joins me. We start out talking about the Buccaneers. We get into Baker Mayfield and his contract uh, situation and how valuable he's made himself. We talk about Saban and Belichick and their legacies and who is better at what they did. Uh, we get into Florida football, how the Gators can exist going forward in the new SEC once Texas and Oklahoma are there. We talk about is Alabama's dynasty now over? Can they keep things going because they get you know a really good coach in, in DeBoer there? Uh, or is Georgia just going to continue to be the class act there? Uh, we talk a little bit more about the college football playoffs, and then we answer the question, do cheaters prosper, which apparently, Mark, they do. Yes, they do, because your boy Ric Flair is a 16-time world champion. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, hey, I quote two different legends in the podcast when it comes to cheating. Number one, Eddie Guerrero, rest in peace. Hmm. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And then, of course, Jesse the Body Ventura, one of my favorite quotes of all time. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Ric Flair says he's the dirtiest player in the game. What are you talking about? He says it to your face. Come on. But yeah, he, he was he was probably the originator of the kick to the groin. That's how he got that nickname, or the forearm to the groin with him, really. <laughs> he dropped a one knee, and he'd get, he'd, their back, he'd get the referee with their back turned. He dropped a one knee, and he'd give you the old forearm to the junk. That was the old dirtiest player could in you, the game moved by Ric Flair. All right. I wish I could have a time machine, first off, to be there behind the scenes when someone says, how about we try this? The ref doesn't see it, and then you hit someone in the groin, right? That's a great idea. Then can we be there in the stands, whatever, because there has to be a first time ever People were sitting there in the stands and saw that happen, and their minds were exploded. They're just, it was blown away by this. Can we go to this, Tim? Please. Yeah, that would be wonderful, because now a guy in wrestling gets smacked in the junk, and you know they're not going to get pinned and lose. (laughs) They're going to rise up and hulk up and fight out of it. But, yeah, the first time Ric Flair did it, somebody did what a real human would do if they got smacked in the the old, uh, you know, the old rocks and just fall down in a heap and get covered. Do you like that Ric Flair is still wrestling? Do you like this? Oh, he's fantastic. And he's been doing a great hype man job as we work toward the retirement of Sting, which is going to happen here in a couple of months. So, uh, no, it's not. But he's, he's still wonderful. His, his personality is just so amazing. He's just so full of life for a person in their 70s that was nearly dead five years ago. You know, it just it, it's a credit to him. And uh, God bless the man. I know two people now who are driving to Greensboro for that event, where it's going to be the Sting retirement match. No, it's not. 
and you've never seen wrestling before, it will not be his final match. If there's money to be made, there'll be more wrestling match. I don't care, Tim. It won't be the finale. Yeah, but isn't he like 61 or 2? I know he looks fantastic, but at some point, you you want to kind of sit back, let your body heal, and start stop having people a third your age beating the crap out of you. Stop using your brain to think this out. You need a wrestler's brain. They'll keep going. They can't stop. Rick Flair, Rick Flair is older than Sting, and he keeps going. Yeah, Rick Flair is roughly my mom's age, mid seventies, and uh, he's still <laughs> he's still getting it done. But hey, it's like Edge. Adam Copeland told me on my podcast last week. Mm. By the time he's Rick Flair's age, he's going to be long retired and, and in his uh, front porch swing by then. You should do that every Sunday in the paper. Have an article. This is my final retirement article, and then just keep doing it. Over and over again. Do it. Or teasing to it when not, but not actually retiring. <laughs> Tim Walters, Florida Today. Well, man, thanks for your help and have a great weekend. Yeah, no problem, Mark. Thank you. And I love it when a plan comes together.